Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Michigan is 3-0 entering its Big Ten opener with Rutgers. The Scarlet Knights are also 3-0. Are they poised to give Michigan its first serious test of the season? We bring in a Rutgers beat writer to discuss coming up on Wolverine Confidential. Okay, guys, good to be with you here Thursday morning september 21st uh just about 50 hours away from kickoff between michigan and Rutgers at michigan stadium toe will meet leather at 1201 p.m eastern time you know i like giving that exact kickoff time here on wolverine confidential uh broadcast on the big 10 network and to preview the game we are joined by brian fonseca of nj.com which is a sister site of m live both under the advanced local umbrella uh brian thanks for joining us of course thanks for having me on man i'm glad to talk some Rutgers football with uh, with you guys so you will be coming to michigan stadium yes is, is this correct that is correct it's my first time at the big house i'm really looking forward to you hear all about it all the time you see it on tv really fired up to feel the atmosphere and kind of see what it's all about yeah i was i was gonna say you know we you know at michigan i mean i guess it's kind of it's kind of spoiled like there's not that there's other not other good places to go to but like aaron have you gone gone anywhere in the non-conference yet i mean ohio state and penn state you know wisconsin nebraska these are these are big big places but out of conference have you had that trip yet Aaron? i don't think so no in fact i think the best out of conference trip i've ever had was when i was at college at cmu and went down to virginia tech just you know getting that atmosphere but no from michigan standpoint we we haven't really gone they they did play florida down at jerry's world in dallas but again that was a neutral site so and it was an nfl stadium so you don't get the college experience so no not 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 that I can think of. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah, big house destination. I don't know. It's uh, renovated again, uh, you know, this off season again with uh, some new, you know, lights and, and which you won't really obviously see for a noon kick, but giant scoreboards. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be, be interesting to think what see what you, you think of it. But uh, I, I've been to Ohio Stadium, so I'll get to make that comparison, which I'm sure your your fans will love to hear. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, Mr. Brightside. I keep seeing those compilations on Twitter and all that. I saw the light show last weekend. I think it was last weekend or two weekends ago. Insanity. I won't be able to see that, but I'm looking forward to hearing 100,000 people sing a song. Should be fun. <laughs> and there you go. Uh, yes, I wrote a story about that uh, a couple of years ago, and I... I notice especially every night game uh that shows up in like my top red stories for for the week as people are obviously searching for that again uh all right so Rutgers is 3-0 as I said wins over Northwestern Temple 
and Virginia Tech. Uh, not exactly murderer's row, except maybe compared to, I guess, Michigan slate so far. But uh, let's kind of start general big picture question. Is this looking like the best Rutgers team in a while? Like, are they ready to, you know, consistently compete against their Big Ten schedule? I think that's what the hope is. Um, the schedule, this non-conference schedule is somewhat similar to last year's. And I think the big difference in this year is that they've really, they haven't been, they haven't trailed a single game. Uh, I wouldn't say they dominated either of the teams, but they've controlled the game. They've held possession. They've just killed the clock and they've really established an identity under Kirk Shiraka offensively. They pound the ball on the ground. They kill clock. They don't turn it over. They don't risk it through the air with Gavin Wimsett. Uh, I think that's been a big revelation for him is he has no interceptions. Uh, and they play elite defense, at least so far. Um, I think it's always hard to gauge with the COVID year because that year, very weird, no fans in the stands, all that. That was probably the best team I would have said uh, as far as results-wise. But so far, this has been the best team under Shiano since he's been back, I would say. I think they have you know, a top half of the Big Ten defense for sure. I think their offense has been competent, which is a huge compliment given how bad they were at times last year. Uh, but to your point, non-conference schedule wasn't exactly murderer's row, and they go to a huge jump in competition playing the number two team in the country. I think this will be maybe not fair to call it a measuring stick game, but I think it'll be a really good gauge of, say, uh, of seeing how much of this is for real, how much of this has been a bit overblown, just kind of seeing where they are, and then they'll play Wagner after that, which will be a laugher, and then they get into the, really the meat of the schedule. So this will be a nice uh, middle test to know how much of Rutgers is real right now. It, it's funny how just how, how much of a parallel there is between this Rutgers football team, at least offensively, and, and Michigan's 2021 team in terms of, like you said, wanting the ground and pound the football. I was looking, they've 130 carries, just 66 pass attempts. Um, they're not they're not chancing anything, it seems like. Uh, tell us about quarterback Gavin Wimsett. I was looking a little bit. He's a former four-star recruit. Um, he played a little bit last year, emerged as a starter. Uh, what, what can fans expect from him, and what are some of his strengths and maybe weaknesses? Sure. So he's the highest-ranked quarterback they've gotten in over a decade since Tom Savage, who was only here for a year. Uh, and there was a lot of expectations on him. He enrolled early out of high school and had one pass his freshman year that got everyone. It was like a fourth down on the road against Illinois that ended up helping them win the game, and that really shot up expectations. Um, but he was 17 years old. He's 19 years old now. He's turning 20 in a month. Um, and he really got thrusted into action last year because their starter, Noah Vedral, broke his thumb in training camp. Um, and then he got hurt. He started five games, but his legs were limited because of the injury. He had a big turnover problem. Always felt like he was trying to make the big play, throwing. I think you guys saw it in the second half against Michigan last year. He had three interceptions in the third quarter, and the game just unraveled. Um, I think that's been the biggest update, upgrade he's made this season is that he is not forcing anything. He's not throwing the ball in harm's way. Like I said, he hasn't thrown a pick. Uh, and that's really been an emphasis with him is just kind of make the simple play. Uh, and they haven't really put much on his plate either. Um, he had a rough game passing wise against Virginia Tech. I think he was seven of 16. Some of that was because his wide receivers dropped the ball. Some of that was because he threw lasers to guys five yards in front of him, which is some, something he's kind of learning to do too. Uh, I think what Rutgers wants to see out of him is what he's done against Virginia Tech. He can run the ball. He's fully healthy again, and he can really have some wheels and is able to evade pressure. You know, if he finds some some space to run to, he will run into. He has some speed on him. Uh, they're hoping he makes simple passes, and they're hoping that every once in a while, when they ask him to make a deep throw, he can throw it accurately. He's connected on a couple. He's been, you know, so and so with that. I don't think people should expect, uh, you know, a dynamite quarterback. He has a strong arm. Hasn't been asked to use it much. And I think if Rutgers 
has any hope of winning this game, and I think the strategy will remain much of the same, is run the ball, don't turn it over, do not turn it over. Whatever you do, do not turn it over, and hope the defense kind of hangs in there, um, you know, put some pressure on J.J. McCarthy, forces him to kind of throw, you know, I, I saw he threw three picks last weekend, maybe not throw three picks, but throw one, uh, you know, just do whatever they can to win the ball, very Iowa-esque, win the ball, the, the game on the defensive side, and do not lose it on the offensive side. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. We'd be like asking the Michigan coaches like you know, these last couple of days about Rutgers and, and Rutgers offense. And even when you ask about the offense, like they kind of talk about the defense. Then It's like, you know, complimentary football. And yes, yeah, not exactly kind of what you're saying about, yeah, con- controlling the clock and not giving the, the other offense, you know, a ton of time on the field. Uh, it seems like Wimsat is, is running, yeah, a fair amount, like design runs too, yes? Yes, yes, that's true. And they've really, um, they've had some, pretty good blocking out of their tight ends and out of their running backs. That's kind of helped. Um, and they're, they're trying to, uh, RPO was a big buzzword in the off season. Uh, the BTN crew that came to watch them, uh, Jerry DiNardo had used that. And I'm not sure that's very prevalent, but they do try to find opportunities for him to kind of mix in a run. It's resulted in two touchdowns. Um, I just don't know if you're going to be able to sneak up on Michigan with that. And I don't know, even if you do, you have enough horses up front to build a whole big, you know, make a hole for him to run through. You know, I just don't know how effective he'll be as a runner against Michigan, but I think for them to have success, he'll have to have to do something on the ground. Running back, common and guy, uh, 58 carries, 357, five touchdowns. What's how much of that is him? How much of that is the offensive line and, and just their, their ability to run the football through three games? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a combination. And it's interesting because Manungai came in probably as the third string running back this season because Sam Brown was a guy that really broke out last year as a freshman, got hurt, missed the last five games. And then Aaron Young is a senior who had dealt with injury last year. He's missed the first three games too. So uh, Manungai's had to step up and he has. Uh, I think a lot of it is him. He's been pretty good at you know evading tackles. He's a smaller guy, so he's really using his leverage and knocking guys over, uh, forcing a lot of missed tackles. Uh, and against... He's had two straight games where in the second half, the game is really teetering for Rutgers. They're not doing anything offensively. The other team is creeping back, and he just breaks out these huge runs that, I mean, the Virginia Tech run, there was nobody on the left side of the field, so it's a little easy when the defense gives you an entire side of the field. But against Temple, he rips off a big run that both times broke open the game, um, and he's, he's really been a revelation. And I think if he is playing this well and you get Sam Brown, I expect him to kind of carry a lot more than he has this season. They've been easing him back. And I think, uh, I don't know this, but my perception is that they've really been saving him for this game. This is his first time. He'll be able to go full go. Um, and I think he's really a bruising guy. Like he looks like an NFL running back six, four really big. Uh, so he might be a weapon they use, uh, but my guy is kind of a, a, a smaller guy. They they've liked to, uh, to incorporate. And then Aaron Young, if he's able to go, he's more of a pass catching back uh, out of the backfield. He has an element. So I would say Rutgers running back room is probably their deepest unit alongside their defensive line. Uh, they've been using it very well. Uh, and I think that when they have their full arsenal, which I think they will on Saturday, it can really be kind of uh, when you run the ball 66% of the time, at least it's kind of gives some variation to, and that makes it makes it a little bit less predictable. Yeah, he's Manunga's the you know leading rusher among Big Ten players right now. Rutgers the, the leading rushing team in the Big Ten. Of course, the caveat is you know half the league hasn't even played a Big Ten game yet, but but still that's it's it's worth noting. Uh, all right, let's kind of look at the the defensive side because I mean to make this all work for Rutgers to be three and zero, like we've said, it, it's involved. It, it's complimentary football and it's it's leaning on on a defense that. Uh, is only you know allowing t- ten points per game so far. So uh, yeah, wh- who are some of the kind of standout players? What what has made them them good on that side of the ball? 
the defensive line is deep and talented. Uh, Aaron Lewis is a name that should be familiar to Michigan fans. He was there for a summer before he transferred back. Uh, he transferred back because of his mother. He's kind of a, a sad story. She she died of cancer in December, and he's kind of playing the season for her. Um, and, and he's been playing very well. He had a huge game against Virginia Tech. Uh, he's always been a guy that, you know, number stats don't really tell the full story. He doesn't get a lot of counting stats, but he's always pressuring quarterbacks. His one issue hasn't been he hasn't been turning those pressures into sacks, but he's always in the backfield. Had a huge uh, two-point conversion tackle, kind of running stride for stride with Virginia Tech's quarterback, who was a running quarterback. Um, he's probably their best player, uh, but there's a lot of guys in the defensive line. Wesley Bailey, um, Ray Conga's kind of uh, emerging. They got uh, Isaiah Eaton, who's just a mountain of a man. I mean, it's just a huge – the first time his photo was posted by the Rutgers football account, fans were like, who the heck is this guy? He looks like, you know, this just – NFL-caliber defensive tackle, big dude. Um, linebackers have been really good. Um, last year, that was a weakness for Rutgers, but Deion Jennings, Tyron Powell, Muhammad Ture, who's back after tearing his ACL last year, three really, really good linebackers who rate among the top of the Big Ten and PFF grades. Take that for what it's worth. I take that with a bit of grain of salt, but they've been playing very, very well. I think all three of those guys, Tyron Powell and Mo Ture especially, have NFL potential. The back end has been... Max Melton is a guy who's got a lot of NFL hype, uh, especially two years ago. He's had some trouble uh, there, but on the other side of the corner, uh, Robert Longerbeam has had a great start to the year. Flip Dixon is a safety that transferred in from Minnesota. He's had a good couple games, uh, but I would say that of all the defense, I would say the secondary is probably the weak point. Um, not that they're weak, but they're the weakest link. Uh, but I would say overall, really solid defense, really good against the run. Uh, haven't been beaten too bad on big plays. Uh, but again, the caveat that we keep coming back to is that they haven't played any really explosive, explosive offenses. And I don't know, you guys tell me, I don't know if Michigan is exactly an explosive offense per se, but they're very efficient. And Rutgers is going to have to kind of, uh, maybe for the first time this season, really consistently for 60 minutes, beat back a team that's always, always, always you know, coming in different ways. No, you nailed it. I mean, I was. Just, it's funny you mentioned that because I was looking at the stats the other day, and Michigan doesn't have a ton of big plays. It's not something. It's not an offense that wants to beat you in, in big plays. They've had a couple, but there haven't been a ton. So it, it's real interesting to see how, how Michigan's going to uh, move against this, this Rutgers defense because, like you said, they haven't played anyone and really note so far. Uh, so I, I'm curious to see how they do. And I'm wondering this week what what, what has been the what have the players told you about Michigan? What have they said about this game? And just, I mean, they've already played a Big Ten game, so I think they're ahead of the eight ball there in, in some regard. But just, just going on the road and, and playing, you know, a ranked opponent and, and, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. They almost refuse to talk about, like, the game. They're trying to act like it's not, at least with us, I should say. You know, obviously, inside the building and meetings, I'm sure they're really talking this up and, and kind of, you know, preparing for a big game. With us, they almost – it's been true almost all season, one week season, one game at a time. It doesn't matter where we're playing. You know, we're focused on us, all the usual talking points that I think it's been pretty clear. They do not want to get any press clippings out there that get Michigan motivated for this game. I think they want to kind of keep things very low key, not make a big deal of it. And look, I mean, they're 24 point underdogs. I don't think anyone really expects them to kind of go into that stadium and win. So I think maybe they're playing off that and kind of hoping to, surprise Michigan, right? Kind of just remain an unassuming team, not give them any ammo. And, uh, you know, when you, when you're playing Michigan, you need every help you can get and you don't need a lot of things going against you. And they're trying really hard, really, really hard not to talk about it. And they've done a good job this week. I haven't gotten any one single quote that I could say, this is good. It's so, I guess, mission accomplished for them. Yeah. I mean, I was going to ask, so I, I won't make you 
make a specific prediction here. But, you know, Rutgers led in the in the first half of the game last year before, you know, as you mentioned, the wheels came off. Uh, the 2021 trip to Michigan Stadium was 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 competitive throughout. Uh, but then uh, the 2020 game, you know, triple overtime. But then before that, you've got just a string of of just games that were about as lopsided as, as football games can be. Um, I guess where where do you see this one going? Is it is it you know does Rutgers style keep it close throughout? Is it yeah p- potentially another blowout? Like yeah, I, I just as far as the you know competitive level of this game, Michigan has had three that that weren't so much so so far this year. Where is this one going to be? Yeah, I think both team styles of play dictate that it won't be a blowout. Just like you guys said, Michigan's not very very much of an explosive offense. Rutgers is an offense that holds the ball and kills clock as much as possible. I just don't know if there there's going to be enough opportunities to you know blow a team out. I think Michigan is very clearly the only position I was thinking about this that Rutgers maybe has a could say we are similar or close enough to Michigan in talent is linebacker. Like I, I think Michigan is better across the board, which is true not just for Rutgers but for most teams in the Big Ten outside of Ohio State, Penn State probably. Um, so that's a lot to overcome. I think this game will be a lot closer to the last three years where Rutgers keeps it close for a bit. I don't think this is going to be 78 nothing. I think Rutgers is way past those days. I think this could be very similar to last year where Rutgers, if they're not leading at half, they're within a score and then slowly but surely things kind of, you know, chip away, chip away. Michigan kind of builds a lead that Rutgers can't come back from. A lot, I would say this would be a reversal of what Rutgers has done to Virginia Tech and Temple and Northwestern. Michigan builds a lead. Rutgers maybe threatens to come back. Eventually, they get overwhelmed. And I th- we j- recorded our podcast just before this one. I predicted Michigan 37, Rutgers 10. I would probably say, you know, somewhere in that 34, 10, somewhere in that range. You're almost exactly what I had. I, I do think it gets out to a slow. Michigan's had a tough time this year getting out to big leads early. I mean, eventually they were able to, to open it up in the second half. But I, I totally agree with you. I think this is going to be a ball game at least for a half or potentially three quarters. Uh, before Michigan Michigan opens it up. But uh, before we let you go, want to ask about Greg Schiano. His name has come up a ton this week. Uh, Jim Harbaugh always talks his mutual, you know, affection, admiration for Greg and the way he operates the program. Um, where is he at with the Rutgers fan base? He's in year four of his second stint here. Um, the record hasn't been great, but obviously, you know, Rutgers is stuck there in the Big Ten East with with competitive, you know, with some of the best teams in the country. So where is he at just in the fan base perspective? Is he, you know, is he in any danger, lose, you know, potentially losing his job? And and where do you see this Rutgers football program as it stands right now? I think Greg is a unique case at Rutgers, and he's very clearly the greatest coach in program history. People, I'm not sure if you guys saw it in Michigan, but when there was chance of him not coming back the second time, it was like Armageddon in Piscataway. People were, I mean, threatening to pull their wallets and and not donate to the program and and almost fully revolt, right? So he is, I don't want to call him a god. That's a bit hyperbolic, but he's a very highly regarded guy here. So that gives him a lot more job security than the average guy. I don't think either way his job is really in much danger. He had a massive rebuild to to I mean the Chris Ash era really hurt this program and even before Chris Ash Kyle Flood uh, since Greg was gone the program really cratered. I think that was even a word that Greg used with us earlier in this in the off season. And he's building it back up and he's slowly but surely done it. I think fans want to see more progress. I think that's a big part of this trip this weekend is that maybe you don't beat Michigan. You can't lose by 30, 40, 50 points. That's been a big issue against the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Michigan States, the Penn States. That's a progress. They need – Rutgers desperately needs a signature win. They haven't gotten a signature win in the Big Ten 
They really need something to latch onto. I think that's the one thing missing. And home wins has been an issue. They won against Northwestern, which is a positive start, but they really haven't won that many Big Ten home games. So fans would like to see some progress there. They'd like to see a competent offense, which was a huge issue. I would say so far this season through three games, they've really fixed every issue aside from the signature win. I don't think they're going to get it this weekend, but I think the fact that it's not laughable to say Rutgers could, you know, in one in a thousand chance beat Michigan, which is a, I mean, that one 10 years ago, that not 10 years ago, I shouldn't say, you know, the midst of the Ash era, that would be laughed out of the room. If you even suggested Rutgers would be within three touchdowns. Like that's, I think is progress. I think Greg, once they figure out this division situation, it's good that they're no longer in the big 10 East. That's a huge, but I mean, you get that off. You're, then you're adding Oregon and Washington, USC and UCLA. That's not much of a help. But the point being, there will be a little bit more window. Uh, you're not getting three guaranteed losses pretty much every year. And I think that if they keep making this progress, if they make a bowl game this year, which at this point you almost have to if you're off to a 3-0 and start, I mean, 4-1 and one start, assuming you're going to beat Wagner. Assuming they make a bowl game this year, assuming they remain competitive in big games, assuming they get maybe a signature win or come close to one, I think he's on a good good spot. I think Rutgers fans want Greg Schiano to be successful. I think a lot of them reminisce over 2006 and 2007 or and just, I mean, he said this in the offseason, they're begging for those days to be back. I think Greg could bring them back. It's a very uphill climb. I think he can do it. I think a lot of the fans feel that way. And I think there's a long way to go before people start calling for his head. I think he's, his job is very safe. I don't think he'll be on any hot seat stories for at least, at least, two, three, four years. And by that time, I think long before he gets on the hot seat lists, I think Greg would call it quits himself. I think he's going to be the one that decides when he goes, how he goes, uh, barring obviously scandal or anything like that. I don't think Greg is going to have that happen. I think to answer your question, I think they're in a good spot. I think Greg is in a good spot. And I think that the trajectory of the program, generally speaking, is up. Yeah, we were we were talking about that, you know, earlier. Aaron and I just about you know, being being in the Big Ten East is just brutal because you know you just it forces you to to really make sure you win all those other games because it just seems like guaranteed losses, and you know almost for recruiting to be in the Big Ten, you, you, the thought was maybe it would help, but it seems like it maybe helps those other teams already established in the Midwest that can then say, oh well, now now hey, you know, New Jersey kid, come here and you get it, you get a game back there every other year. But uh, yeah, that's that's a different discussion for another day but yeah michigan uh will host Rutgers big 10 opener for michigan 1201 p.m eastern time at michigan stadium brian fonseca thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me guys i appreciate it and you can read brian's stuff on nj.com that's nj as in new jersey.com uh, great stuff over there All right, so great conversation with Brian Fonseca of NJ.com, helping us learn a little bit more about Rutgers in preparation for Saturday's game. Uh, Aaron, what what other kind of Michigan-specific things should we should we hit on here before we wrap up? Uh, I mean, I think the biggest one is is Jim Harbaugh is, is back. What, what, what do you make of that? What will it mean anything for Saturday? Yeah, uh, he will be on the sideline, uh, as we kind of all expected. Uh, his three-game school-imposed uh, suspension is over with. Uh, he would be allowed back and, and being the key will be the head coach on Saturday. How much of a difference it makes, I, I don't really know. I don't think it's going to mean a ton. Um, as we all know, I mean, Michigan is is very good at this point. They have they had some experienced coaches 
Uh, they kind of handled business as expected in the first three weeks. Maybe didn't win as, as large as some wanted them to, but still got the wins at the end of the day. So they are three and zero. He, you know, he is the head coach. He does make the final decisions. He does have an input in the game plan, uh, and he did in the first three weeks too. So that's why I don't think this is a huge difference. The only, uh, you know, takeaway I guess would be that he will be on the sideline making those fourth down calls, decisions to go for it, the, you know, uh, you know, all those, those final, you know, decisions you might need personnel decisions. So uh, he is back. The win will go on his record, I guess, maybe is the biggest difference. He will get credit for, you know, assuming they do win, he'll get, he'll get the, he'll get the credit. So uh, he's back. He's expected to be back for the rest of the season. And, you know, business is as normal. I, I will say this when we spoke to him on Monday, he did seem a little bit uh, more preoccupied than the previous few weeks. He seemed to, uh, you know, he made a comment at one point that he had a lot going on. He wanted to end the press conference early. Uh, it did not, in fact, end early. But you could tell his mind was all over the place. Um, so he seemed a little bit more locked in, a little more serious this week as opposed to previous weeks, where he was, you know, telling us what he had done for the pre, you know, done watch, you know, watching the previous game and what he had planned on for the following week. So none of that. Uh, he's back, and and Michigan will have him on the sideline. Yeah, it's impossible to know what would have been different, if anything, if he had been there, whether the scores would have been different. I mean, all we know is that Michigan, you know, won relatively easily all three games. So uh, in the end, that's all that's all they they really care about. Uh, injury update. What what's the latest on, on some of these guys who were limited or, or didn't play at all on, on Saturday last Saturday uh, against Bowling Green and their you know potential availability for Rutgers? Yeah, nothing definitive yet, but I will say that the Michigan coaching staff has gone uh, from, you know, um, saying, you know, Will Johnson and the Rod Moores and some of those banged up secondary players, it sounds like they're close to playing, you know, went from close to very, very close, uh, were the words Jesse Minner, defensive coordinator, used this week to describe their status. So we'll see if they play. If I have to get, had to guess, I'm leaning towards the that they will try, they'll probably start and get some snaps. I don't know how much you're going to play just because Will and Rod Rod hasn't played at all, and Will's, Will's only played a handful of snaps. So I don't expect him to come in and play probably, you know, 30 to 40 snaps. I, it'd probably be closer to 20 if they do. Um, they got to get them kind of back in the, the game speed, game mode. It sounds like they've been practicing to some, some degree in the pra- past couple of weeks. You know, we got a report two weeks ago that Rod Moore was, in fact, practicing, and we got a report last week that he wasn't. So – I don't know what the status is there. It sounds like they're close to Michigan is close to having a full, you know, a healthy secondary. Once again, uh, they're going to need it. I mean, we, as we've talked about a lot lately, competition is going to step up. I know the big 10 hasn't been great so far, but there is a difference in play between Rutgers and, and what we saw in Bowling Green last week. So I think they're going to need them. Um, I don't anticipate them playing a ton, but I, I do, I do expect that they'll, they'll try and give it a go. All right. Yeah. You know, Michigan trying to, to, to stay undefeated here. They're, you know, rolled in, in their non-conference, but the competition wasn't great, as we discussed. Maybe a similar situation for for Rutgers, but they they did play a Big Ten team. They played another Power Conference team. Uh, those teams being Northwestern and Virginia Tech, respectively. So uh, maybe they've been tested a little more, but um, you know, definitely a, a step up in competition for both teams. Uh, Michigan Rutgers, twelve oh one p.m. Eastern Time kick on Big Ten Network. We'll have full coverage uh, on MLive.com slash Wolverines uh, before, during, and after the game. Thank you for listening.